0: everybody. Welcome to episode number 348 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by FirearmsAuctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm
1: the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Universal Settlement Coin, and our guest is Rob McNally. Rob is a serial entrepreneur, podcaster, cryptocurrency advocate, self-defense activist, welder, artist, and indie filmmaker. He earned an MBA from Colorado State University. Rob is a co-founder of Tusk. The Universal Settlement Coin, a decentralized, non-ICO cryptocurrency project that is focused on supporting financially marginalized industries with their payment issues.
0: My goodness. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hey, guys. How are you? We are, you? are about to get a huge education, I think, because this whole world of cryptocurrencies and blockchains and And uh, all that sort of thing is a little ethereal for me personally, Uh, even though our son-in-law has tried so many times to try to break through my mental blocks and help me understand. So uh, just explain this to us like we are five-year-olds and you pick where we should start. But basically the universal settlement coin, Tusk, what is it? How do we use it? Why do we need it? That's a lot of questions right there.
2: It's almost loaded. And I always say it's like, if you have a mental block on technology or doing new things, there's nothing I can do to fix that. So I would say my mom's in her 70s. She refuses to learn how to do email. So it's like she won't do email, and we try. Like I just can't learn it. No, you just won't sit down and try, right? (laughs) It's a mental block. So if you got a mental block in crypto, like you're not going to get it. But I will say, if you don't, you're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. So basically, we started TUS, the Universal Settlement Coin, three and a half years ago, as a type of digital payment system. Uh, It's cryptocurrency. Um, I always like to say we're like Bitcoin for guns. And Bitcoin Mm -hmm. is like the first, it's the biggest cryptocurrency in the world. It's a big store of value. Um, But ultimately, cryptocurrency are just digital money that anybody can create. Um, And then ultimately, it just, it cuts out a lot of friction and they're decentralized. And what that means is that, um, I guess it comes back down to the way I can explain it to someone like a five-year-old is why would we want to have money that's not created by and controlled by government? okay let's start there okay. so cryptocurrency um, there are rules like so with government, we all know this and we've seen it when government likes to print money what ends up happening is everybody suffers and it's and we're seeing it now all the printing under the last and current administrations have created a big inflation problem and what inflation is, is just when government borrows, quote unquote, borrows money, they print a lot more money, right? They they inject more money into the economy. But what ends up happening is it dilutes and devalues the value of the currency in whole. So what ends up happening is inflation is actually a stealth tax because of, I would say, corrupt monetary or irresponsible monetary policy by politicians. What cryptocurrency is, It's anybody can make one, right? It's getting people to use it, which is the harder part. But ultimately with cryptocurrency, the monetary policy is not secret. The monetary policy is locked into code that's publicly available. We call it open source software. And so you know what the rules are, uh, whether or not there's a supply cap, meaning that like with Bitcoin, there'll only ever be 21 million Bitcoin made ever. That's all the software can make, and you can't change it, or very, very difficult to change the software rules. Um, Other cryptocurrencies, they have inflation rates, their cap, their supply cap, like Tusk, where we don't cap our supply, but we have a, a controlled inflation rate. And again, that inflation rate is controlled by software. And so everybody can see what the monetary policy is. So how cryptocurrency is superior to, say, government-issued currency is that we can't freaking manipulate it for our own political whim. For instance, the rules are known by everybody, and it's open source. So if you think about monetary policy of government's done in back rooms, right? It's done between bankers and politicians, whereas with cryptocurrency, it's done by programmers out in the open. So everybody knows what the rules are around that cryptocurrency or that. And so there's the big difference is that it's more honest money. So inflation is a tax. People don't think of it like that. But what's happening is it's a stealth tax. It hurts everybody. And most people don't understand economics enough to know what's happening. They just see that the the price of eggs and gas has gone up and they don't know why. But that is why. It's bad monetary policy. Well, cryptocurrency, and in fact, Bitcoin was created in response to TARP back in 20, 2008. That's why they ended up creating Bitcoin. If you look at the, the writings of the creators of Bitcoin, that's why they did it. It was in response to reckless and irresponsible monetary policy by politicians. So cryptocurrencies in general are different than that. Um, and so Tusk, we created you know, a more honest money, but we decided to focus on getting people to use it specifically in the gun industry because the gun industry is a marginalized industry. A lot of people don't know this, but not because of laws, but just because of banking policy, um, gun, lawful gun retailers are not allowed to use any third-party payment option like PayPal or Venmo or Square or Cash App or any of them. Um, and in fact, uh, lawful gun dealers that are background checked, that have FFLs, they end up paying very exorbitant, um, basically credit card um, processing transaction fees. Um, and so we sought, um, and the other thing about you know, what's happening right now in the gun world, and this is the problem we're trying to solve, is that they're being financially deplatformed. We're seeing this a lot with, you know, right-of-center voices are being deplatformed from social media and the web. But there are also, a lot of people don't know this, but they're also being deplatformed financially. And so what we um, decided to do is create essentially Bitcoin and start with the gun world because they're being financially marginalized. Um, and the other beauty thing about cryptocurrencies that I didn't get into is we call, this is a big term, what we call decentralization, or they're decentralized. And what that means is that there's no single point of failure that controls whether or not you can have a Tusk account. So with Tusk, there is no owner. There, there is no company. Tusk is a group of people that wrote some software. There's no CEO. I'm not the boss. I am a co-founder. Um, But the way our crypto project is operated and governed is through a very robust voting mechanism. We all know about how voting goes these days. Um, But uh, what happens is if you own one Tusk, not only can you buy and sell things with that Tusk, but you can also vote on how the Tusk project, the cryptocurrency is operated. It's basically direct democracy. So the more tusk you hold, the more stake you have, the more weight and influence you have over the network. Um, And what with our software, let's just say you're a gun retailer. Um, I don't like you. Guess what? There's people I don't like out there. I don't have the ability to shut your account down just because I don't like you. And in fact, I don't have the ability to shut any account down. There's no such function in our blockchain, in the code. There's no operation that allows for any person anywhere to shut down an account. So it's decentralized in that way. Um, And so, and there's good and bad that comes with that. By the way, there's some people I'd love to shut their accounts down, but I don't have the power to do that. Um, and so as far as why we believe that we're superior to, you know, fiat currencies or government issued currency is that we can't shut you down. Um, and from payment system perspective, for retailers, there's no transaction fee whatsoever for retailers if they use Tusk for payments.
1: Wow, there's a lot of stuff there. You know, I'm an old school guy. Okay. okay. I, um, Rob, I, you know, I'm the kind of guy who says, okay, I've got 10 ounces of gold that's worth 10 ounces of gold you know the 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 market used to the money used to be based on that Mm -hmm. and so if you couldn't make more than what you had in your hand and the security of having that in your hand was kind of how i you know now my my son-in-law is trying to talk me into going to this and i did buy into some bitcoin Mm -hmm. stuff and i'm you know because i don't want to miss the boat and i'm willing to learn but it's so confusing to me because I know that 10 ounces of gold is worth $17,000.
0: Right. We know what it looks like. We know what it feels like we can, you know, hold it in our hand. And, you know, when I think about this cryptocurrency um, idea, it feels more like maybe the the stock market, right? Because you you own things, but you're never going to hold it in your hand. And the value can go up. It can go down these sorts of things. So it's It's more like the stock market than it is holding coins or gold or something in your hand. It's, it's like a hybrid, I
2: think, to okay. be honest. I think it's hybrid like a hybrid. Too. So it has features of both. So if you think about it, um, gold is commodity price, like the price of gold fluctuates, even though it's very steady, right? But gold and silver precious metals, they they fluctuate every day. Like if you're mm-hmm. gonna go buy gold, you know this, like I do, you go to the gun store, they look on the monitor to see what the spot price is at that moment you're buying it, right? right. Same thing with crypto, right? It's, so the, so here's the one thing, government's not determining the value of it, the market is, and right. and a lot of people have a harder time with that, but that's actually more honest, than government manipulation and pegging rates and things like that. But the other piece is, yeah. So as far as other commodities, you can't hold crypto in your hand, right? I get this, but if you look at how most dollars are, very few people hold dollars. Everybody uses their credit card and debit card and and to move money around, they use Venmo, they use PayPal. Most people in the United States right now do not use cash even though they can, they don't. Most of our dollars are already digital, right? So if you understand yeah. that, right, like if All you use right. a debit card, and, and I know I use a debit card a lot, um, that's really not that much different than crypto. If you think about it, it's just how that information moves around dollars back and forth between your debit card and SWIFT and the banks is just different than how that crypto movement of value or that information across that, that network
1: is different. Okay, well, I'm open to all of this. And I really mean that. So I don't want to sound negative when I ask you this, no. these questions. But it's because I don't understand. And my, like I said, my son-in-law has brought me to a better place with this. And I do like some of the concepts of it. But so let's say I'm a gun owner, a, de- a dealer, gun dealer, which I am. And I, you know, a person wants in and wants to buy a thousand dollar gun. I look on the computer and says that Tusk is worth a thousand a, dollars per share or whatever. Mm-hmm. How, but then i make the transaction and then all of a sudden it could go up or go down from that point mm-hmm. quickly quickly right oh, it's okay.
0: very volatile and
1: so how 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 can you operate like that
0: yeah
1: so volatility
2: so let's start back why are cryptocurrencies volatile right now mm-hmm. and this is a growth problem but understand very few cryptocurrencies are actually used for buying and selling anything even bitcoin very few actual transactions for goods or services are happening. So what happens is most of the transactions on markets for crypto right now are based on investors, high frequency trading. That's what causes them to be so volatile. We believe that once a crypto actually gets used for buying and selling goods and services, it's gonna go through and stabilize on itself, just like with you know, fiat currencies, dollars, right? So why is the U.S. dollar stable? Again, there's nothing that backs the U.S. dollar. And why is, for instance, money from Zimbabwe or Venezuela very volatile, right? It's really kind of the same thing. It's, it's perception. And so uh, we believe that this is not something that's going to happen overnight, We believe that adoption of crypto and understand no cryptos for the most part have been adopted for buying and selling goods and services anywhere in the world. And so this is really, we're really early. And so as far as gun dealers go, and this is what I tell people, we have some ideas on how this will go. We say like this, if you were a gun retailer, and this is my sales pitch, essentially, when I'm talking to a gun retailer, look, why don't you accept Tusk for payments? How about this? and it's a free insurance policy against being deplatformed okay you don't i doubt in the beginning you're going to get a lot of transactions regardless right because we're new we're just starting to get out there and and so and so for a mom and pop that they absolutely need cash right now accepting tusk is probably not the right person for that they're probably not the right shop yet because we're they if they need dollars right now right now right now they're probably not gonna be accepting Tusk. On the other hand though, as we grow and build this network out, we have baby step implementations that we're looking at. We're talking to some major players in the industry and how we get Tusk in the hands of people in the beginning is we're looking at positioning Tusk like an airline's mile coin for some of the big retailers. So the idea is that if you're going to a certain gun company or an accessories company, you buy something with a credit card, you get credit back in Tusk. And so we believe that in the beginning, that's gonna be the bulk of where we start getting people excited about Tusk and start getting learning about Tusk. Um, And then we believe that there's other, there are some companies we're talking to that are very interested in getting in early. And so they're not having to sell it right away. They would actually like to accumulate now while it is cheap, so to speak. And then as we grow and the value grows, they benefit from that upside potential. So we see it as like baby steps and phases. We're building something that's going to be here for 100 years, right? I'm, we're, we're looking at a very long timeline. Um, we are not saying we're going to replace credit cards now, though technologically we could. It's just it's going to take time to get that volatility out. We got to get our market involved. market cap growing and our you know, daily trade volumes increasing. And we're working on a lot of things like that. And we have a lot of things that are going to be rolling out over the next six months that will support that. So understand there, you know, there's in the beginning, the people that are going to be, the retailers are going to be accepting Tusk going to give ones that are willing to be pioneers, essentially. And there are some risks with that, but we're trying to do our best to make it. So there, there's little risk.
1: Right.
0: So um, El Salvador, I believe it was decided a week or two ago that they were going to make um, Bitcoin one of their official national currencies. Right. And the very next day people were revolting and there were fires in the streets and this sort of thing and it's because they don't have the infrastructure there from what i understand first of all they didn't explain it to people second of all i think half the country doesn't even have like smart devices and internet and that sort of thing. electricity in a lot of electricity right and so it was a it, it was a sloppy rollout it was maybe a wrong-headed idea that I think probably kind of caused people who are already suspicious of like, what is this whole crypto thing? And what is this Bitcoin thing to say, to to point to El Salvador and go see, people don't want it. They don't know how to use it. They don't want it foisted on them. But to be offered as just an option, uh, I think if they would have done a better job of that to say to people, it was just an option for you Uh, Rather than replacing our our actual coins and dollars, maybe that would have gone over better. But what what is your insight, understanding this whole world better than than someone like myself? What is your insight about that whole debacle? Um, I actually
2: think the El Salvador thing is very corrupt. And I think it's a bad thing. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's forced adoption. It's not voluntary. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one, I don't trust American politicians as far as I can throw them, and I trust Central and South American politicians a lot less. <laughs> um, so, these are my criticisms of it. One, the way they did it, it's all centralized. So, meaning that the government has complete control over how it's being implemented government wallets, government ATMs. Um, and so, if you look at the, I believe there's two problems. One, I believe that because of the way the transactions are handled, there's there's fees associated when like say the government buys crypto, mm-hmm. it's going through politically connected banks. So the politicians are making graft because they get to choose which bankers get to get those millions of dollars in fees every time the government uses tax dollars as an investment to buy Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. And two, if you look at most of South and Central American um, political systems mm-hmm. and economic systems, they're very cash centric you know, cultures. And one of the biggest gripes of Central and South American politicians is they're not able to properly tax informal cash only markets. It's a big gripe among the politicians down there because everybody uses cash. So they can't. So they're missing out on a lot of sales tax. Well, Bitcoin is not a privacy coin. Most cryptos aren't privacy coins, by the way. So what happens is, is if they force retailers to take transactions of Bitcoin through government controlled wallets, which you, um, to get your initial free, th- they bribe the people by giving them $30 worth of Bitcoin into this wallet. But to get the wallet to get claim your $30, you had to basically ID yourself. So they now can associate all those transactions for that government wallet from that point forward with who you are. And so to me, I look at it like this. I think it's gonna be used as a financial surveillance tool to go after tax, cash-free, you know, cash-only, you know, tax-free informal markets. And then I think on the other hand, the politicians are grafting on the fees through their banking system. So I think that implementation of it is really horrible. Do I think the idea of people using crypto is good? Absolutely, but the way they implemented it was really bad. Again, I view technology like guns they can be, they're neutral, they can be used for good or bad. And I think this is an example of crypto being used in part for bad. We'll see how it rolls out um, over time, but those are my concerns about it. Um, And then I think uh, we'll just have to debrief in a year and see what that looks like and if it really changed things. Now understand also, um, the government in El Salvador doesn't have their own government issued fiat currency their actual official currency is the US dollar. And so politicians like to have power from controlling and then being able to inflate money and borrow money at ad, ad nauseum. Um, and El Salvador does, does poli- you know the politicians in El Salvador don't have that power currently. And so this is the next best thing is that they can control this. There's ways for them to graft this. So I think that's some of the concerns that I have about it. Now, a lot of other people in the crypto communities, uh, especially people in the Bitcoin centric community, completely disagree with me on this because they're just excited that it's validation um, of adoption. But I, I'm a little more skeptical of it.
1: Sure. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I don't trust U.S. currency. OK, when you said about trust, I don't understand cryptocurrency and I'm learning, <clears throat> but I don't trust the American dollar.
0: Right. right. And it's hard to know what to trust because there was a time in U.S. history where it was illegal for citizens to own physical uh, gold and silver, I believe. Right, Dan? Right. Well, no, and gold. So, gold. I don't just think. gold? Okay. And so, uh, you know, how, how easy then would it be for the powers that be to decree that, you know, well, you can't have these these digital currencies either. And at least, you know, if you did have physical gold, you could squirrel it away somewhere, you know, and, and trade it. That would be illegal. That would be illegal, but I'm just it's saying. It's very that-
2: illegal. And and if you have coins from a certain point in history and you get caught with it, you go to jail now. Right. So understand that. And there's been several different circumstances of, uh, what is it, gold eagles from certain dates that if you have them in your possession, they're just going to confiscate them. No, there's only though-
1: there, there's only one, uh, 30, 1933 yeah. is the yeah. only one that, that is you can have any gold coins. But I, I wanted to finish with, with my part with saying that I do I do I am curious about cryptocurrency and I and I think a good advice would be everybody should try it. You know, you don't have to put your whole life savings in it, but everybody should at least invest in it a little bit uh, too.
2: Because- I don't give financial advice, but I would say if you I think everybody should have some exposure to Bitcoin. Right. Um, Specifically. And the reason being is I believe it's the safest long term investment crypto because there's so many mega billionaires and major corporations that have plumbed, you know, sunk billions of dollars into that as a hedge. I don't think they're going to let it go to zero. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm just of all the cryptos. I think Bitcoin's the safest long term Mm -hmm. Um, right now is a is a hold. And I own Bitcoin. I'm not anti Bitcoin. I own a lot of Bitcoin, too. It's why I'm here, too. I'm an investor in crypto. Um, but Bitcoin has become more of a digital gold. And even the Bitcoin community acknowledges it's a store of value. We're focused more on getting people to use crypto for payments, because ultimately Mm -hmm. I think that's where we free people more Mm -hmm. than anything. I think um, you are seeing inflation now. I mean, it, you know, I've seen inflation in some items, 20, 30% this year. I mean, it's right. insane. So if you didn't get a 20% raise, <clears throat> you're losing ground right now holding dollars. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's probably going to just keep getting worse because, you know, all the money, they just keep printing and printing and printing. It's just devaluating or devaluing the, the dollars we hold. It's just, they're taxing us and, and they won't call it what it is, but that's what it is.
0: So So let me dive in here for a second. So when we talk about the manipulatability of a crypto, uh, whichever one it is, it seems to me that all it takes is a tweet by an Elon Musk and things take a jump or a dive in the crypto world. And so that to me feels like, you know, of course we see that in the stock market, Um, it's, it's a little less dramatic and easy to do with, you know, a traditional, uh, fiat, uh, currency system, but with the, the crypto and the digital, it, it just seems to me that, you know, if I have a bunch of it and I'm, I'm an Elon Musk level person, then all I got to do is, you know, say something negative, it's going to dive down. I'm going to buy up a bunch of it. Now I'm going to say something positive. It's going to go up. I'm going to sell a bunch of it. It just feels too squishy for me.
2: It is squishy. It's also illegal, by the way. And, and Elon Musk has been you know already censored you know by the SEC around Tesla talk. He can't talk about Tesla stock, if you noticed. So there's reasons for that. So that's illegal behavior under US law. Um, but I think on the other hand, most of the time, the cryptos that are most susceptible to that. Also, have no fundamentals underneath that, right? They're literally just hype coins or meme coins that really don't have any use case. They don't have anybody using them for anything. Um, whereas with our coin, we actually don't hype price. We don't even allow people talking about the coin price in our you know social media because to me it's a distraction. Really, it's okay. a distraction from our mission, which is mm-hmm. to support and protect gun retailers from being financially deplatformed. And ultimately, if it's not us, who is? What's the plan B Mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. So here's a great thing. I don't know if you saw this, but one of the things that we're doing, we're trying to create right now an insurance policy for continuity of business for marginalized gun retailers. But I don't know if you saw this a couple of weeks ago, but the Anti-Defamation League and PayPal, PayPal invested in the ADL in this new kind of list. They're researching how to quote unquote, fight hate in financial transactions. I don't know if you saw that. No, it's ominous. Go look it up. Type in PayPal, just Google PayPal ADL. ADL. And so, uh, so what's happening is PayPal is joining forces with the ADL to fight hate in financial transactions. I believe, and a lot of us who talk about this believe that they're creating a financial no-fly list.
0: Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. before,
2: if you look at, it goes back to Operation Choke Point, you know, back under the Obama administration, there's, you know, several industries that are all distasteful to people, you know, things like gambling and and payday lending and, and, you know, pornography and things like that were all financially deplatformed under Operation Choke Point. That's when the government-
1: All legal things were-
2: All legal things. Right. But guns were lumped in there too. Now- And so, but I always say that, you know, the industries that have the biggest problem are all distasteful to somebody, right? Right. And they are, guns are distasteful to half the country at least. And so what we look at it is, you know, before you had industries that were denied financial services or had to pay more fees to use, you know, financial services like the gun industry. This is a whole new level. They're trying to target individuals Mm -hmm. and create a list Mm -hmm. of individuals that will not be allowed to do transactions wow i have got to look into this this is no look into it it's 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 underrated what else and but here's the thing right and don't get me wrong i'm not an alt-right guy i'm not like a you know nazi or anything like this but if you go to the website for the adl and look at what they define as hate there's a really really slippery slope there Mm yeah and and so like if you're critical of I don't want to get into politics, but they—they sure. they have a lot of things that are just conservative positions, and—and mm-hmm. and not just like Nazi positions, right? right. That yes. they define as hate. So here's the thing: if PayPal decides to, with them to create this financial no-fly list, and it gets adopted by other financial institutions, mm-hmm. other banks, they're going right. to start saying you as a conservative or you as someone that has ideas that might be right of center or even extreme ideas, you know, but you can have an extreme idea and not be, you know, a hateful person. You you know what I'm saying is, and look, I don't, I'm not conservative on everything. I, you know, there's a lot of things I'm not a conservative about. I'm a libertarian, not a conservative. And so, but to me, that's a huge, dangerous slippery soapboard. Now PayPal and the ADL are going to create a list of people who can buy and sell or not buy and sell. Well, here's the thing. Cryptocurrency solved this. So this is why it's important. Whether you understand crypto or your listeners understand crypto, the fact is the only thing that could stop them Mm -hmm. is a non-centralized payment system like Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency that doesn't have the ability to be censored. Mm -hmm. And this is important. They have the control over the banking system. They have control over PayPal and Venmo and Square. They can shut down an account anytime they want. And the thing is with crypto like Tusk, they don't have control over it. They can't shut you down. And that's the difference. We're censorship resistant. And that's, that's the insurance policy. The fact is, I don't know how this is going to roll out or when it's going to roll out because they're not telling us. We're just, But you have to go look at what they do and what they believe. And the fact that they're putting money behind this mm-hmm. to research it. So the question is, where does that end up? I can say, I have a good idea where that's going to end up. Mm-hmm. And so, and you've seen this so many times already where the anti-gun groups are telling Visa and MasterCard to not mm-hmm. allow gun purchases. Yes. And so, I mean, you've seen this pressure. To me, the handwriting's on the wall. Mm-hmm. This is the future. Gun mm-hmm. retailers and gun people are going to be prohibited at some point from using normal banking services. And if we don't create a system now and start mm-hmm. building that system out, that infrastructure, mm-hmm. we're going to be hosed. And whether you like it or not, whether you understand it or not, this is as far as I can tell. I don't know a better way to secure the future for freedom of financial transactions. Mm-hmm. Rob, and, and- I, I,
1: I've been in the business for eighteen years, and I know exactly what you're saying is true. We were chased out of Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. We have been, had to switch credit card companies several times, mm-hmm. the processors. So how do how do we do that? How do you do this? I mean. So a customer walks in the store, how, how hard is it going to be for him to buy into this program? I mean, it's going to take a lot of time. Could he do it over the counter? What could be done to help
0: with that? Right. we're old enough to remember when you used to put your credit card on this, this metal thing and you would slide a plate oh, back and the, forth. Like, I'm old enough to remember that. Now, does that right? <laughs> to I'm old make, enough to remember
2: that too. Right? I used to do those, right? When to I was make younger. make a carbon
0: so. paper oh, a thing, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, then it became, all right, now you've got this digital uh thing pad that you sign, right? For your credit card. So, but we, we've changed and we've, we've evolved, but we, we understand when you you came from here, you used to pay cash. Well, now you've got this piece of plastic and this piece of plastic represents, you know, a a debt file somewhere. And, and we move forward, move forward. Now we've got this thing called Tusk, right? And I'm, let's say that we have just uh, shifted out of the retail space for, for the gun world. We have an auction house. We still deal with guns in our auction house but somebody comes in and they want to transact with us with Tusk. Like what do we have? We don't have one of those big metal machines that chunks no. back and forth. We don't have a, a digital screen where somebody's signing and we're swiping a plastic card. What, what is the process? So where we are right
2: now and where we will be in 12 months are two very different things. So the goal where we'll be hopefully in 12 months is that it won't be any more difficult or weird than using PayPal. And okay. that's, that's that's the goal. Our goal okay. is to make crypto easy. The problem with a lot of crypto right now, it's complicated, it's clunky. Um, and that's because think of it as like crypto right now on the e-commerce side. We're in like 1998 internet, your e-commerce. That's where we are. We're like basically dial up modem stage. So there's <laughs> gonna be a lot of changes happening. And I was, trust me, I was definitely growing up in, in that timeframe. And so I remember those days, right? Um, So right now we do have free payment gateways that any retailer um, can download if they want to accept Tusk right now from forgingblock.io. They can download those for free and then they can accept Tusk. You set up a free uh, Tusk account and you're good to go if you have one of the major um, you know, shopping cart softwares. We, I always tell people, I like people, you know, Shopify hates guns, but they won't allow you anyway. But, um, uh, I always say free and open source software that you host yourself is the safest from like the, the technology stack. So I always say WooCommerce is open source. If you run your website, your e-commerce site on WooCommerce, we have a WooCommerce plugin through Forging Block, and you can accept Tusk and No one can shut you down.
1: Okay. So That's how does, you start. how would a person, uh, get involved, not not the retail store, but the customer consumer, how would he buy the Tusk?
2: So right now, you have to buy it on an exchange and the list of exchanges is growing. You can find those at tusk.network. We just literally, our wallet, so we just spent three months upgrading our entire backend network and did what we called our first hard fork, which will allow for the creation of non-fungible tokens and assets built on our blockchain as well. Um, we are completely rebuilding our web wallet or cloud wallet, and that will be back online in about a week. So we just made some major milestones um, growth uh, that we're super, super excited about. And then over the next couple of months, we're going to be doing a whole lot of upgrades to making e-commerce a lot easier. We're going to be building out a ton more tools. Um, the, the thing is with open source software, I mean, it takes a little longer to do things. We're not a company. So it's like, sometimes people are volunteers. Some people are, some of the developers are working for Tusk. Sometimes, you know, there's a lot of ways that things get done. We have a lot of integrations planned. Probably next year is going to be a really big year for the project. Cause we are in talks with major, major players in the gun space now. Cause they're scared. The bottom line is, uh, I've had three people all at, I can't say who it is, but I I want to, I want to, because we're so (laughs) early yet, but I would say that they're brands you would know Mm -hmm. um, that we were talking to before the last shot show at the last shot show in person. Mm -hmm. And then they ghosted us. And then all of a sudden, like literally in the last two weeks, I've had uh, the CTO from a major point of sale provider in the gun space reach out to me. We are talking to some major players in the retail side of big brands and they're interested um, and then we just had a national classified group reach back out to us because they're everybody's scared. They're scared. I mean, the bottom line is they see the handwriting on the wall and right. there's nothing else. So I look at it like this. If not us, what? Mm-hmm. What is the plan B for the gun industry? Right.
1: right. right. We guys- thought of that. I mean, I, I, there was times I thought I can't take credit cards anymore because I'm not going to be allowed to. But one of the things you mentioned point of sale programs. I've had three major point of sale programs in 18 years. Every one of them had only one gateway that you could use. And it was like,
0: payment nothing was ever gateway. good. You payment know, it was gateway. it yeah, huh? payment payment gateway. gateway
1: yeah. And yeah. It, it was, it was not friendly. Okay. So I don't trust what's where we're going to. And I agree with you that we need to do something because we're going to wake up one day and they're going to say, Oh, you can't use credit cards anymore you know, or your bank's yep. going to say, you You know, we don't want to chase told me I was depositing too much cash. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't, it was because I was depositing gun cash. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, they knew
2: it, 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 exactly. And they do know, and, and, you know, you wouldn't hear, you know, you know, this, but how many times I, I've talked to a lot of mom, it's, it's the mom and pop shops that are getting the most screwed. If you're a big player in the gun industry they don't want to lose your business right mm-hmm. you know but if you're a mom and pop star which by the way i think there are 55,000 ffls in the country most of them are mom and pop ffls mm-hmm. they're the ones paying the most fees they're the ones that have to go to seven banks that before they can even get a checking account right. and they're the ones that you know even though they get you know denied off permanently banned from paypal right? Um, three, four, five times. I mean, it's like, I've, I've heard horror stories uh, yeah. time and time again. Um, the bigger players don't have as much of a problem. They can set their own prices because they're big enough, right? The banks don't want to lose the, the, the billion dollar a year company. But ultimately we're, we're right now. I mean, you can accept us right now. It's not easy, but we're here to support people. No, um, well, it's, it's easier now, but it's getting easier. And so to me, I come at it from the point of view that we want to make it. So hopefully in the next 12 months or so, that doing a payment with Tusk is is you don't even know it's crypto. We want to make it that easy, but we have to grow before that for some of those relationships that we need to put in place to allow for that to happen, but we're working on it. So we're going to be on some, major. we got, we're in the pipeline already to be on some major American exchanges, you know, early next year. Mm -hmm. Um, And and some of this is just that crypto is growing so fast that these, even the big exchanges, they can't onboard cryptos quick enough. It's just because there's just the, this industry is a $2 trillion industry right now. People don't understand crypto is so big. This is not a fad. this is not going away. Crypto is the future of technology, and I will I will say between NFTs, um, DeFi or decentralized finance, and crypto payments are going to do in the next five to ten years what the fax machine and cell phones and e-commerce did to business.
1: It's yeah. going to do that to banking. It's going to so be so fundamentally. I'm sorry, but you mentioned NFT.
0: Yes, I, we we Mm. are quickly running out of time. We have so many more uh, topics to get to and questions for you. We are going to have to have you back on, but, uh, in the next, you know, we have maybe eight ish minutes. Uh, you mentioned. Non fungible tokens, which I understand to be NFT, And I don't think we can, uh, finalize this conversation without touching on the word blockchain so are those two things something you can merge together in one answer or are they two separate things go
2: all right so nfts and cryptocurrency are very similar technologically so mm-hmm. an NFT is a type of essentially cryptocurrency, but it usually has a graphical representation associated okay. with it. So let's start there. An NFT is a crypto token with some kind of media attached to it, typically. Um, a blockchain, this is a little more complicated, but I'll make it simple. All a blockchain is, is what, it's where, the, where the information from cryptocurrencies and NFT resides. So think of it, all, in, all a blockchain is, is a database that's spread across a, a variety, think of a ring of database or computers that share a database and those computers talk to each other. And then when enough of those computers agree on something on that information being passed, it becomes part of a permanent or immutable record that's okay. publicly available. So if you go to the Bitcoin blockchain and you look at it, you can see every transaction that went back to the history of, of the creation of Bitcoin, it's all a historical record. And you can view that through a software called a block, or I'm sorry, a block explorer. Um, Why this important though, is that this is part of the decentralized aspect of crypto, is that each one of those computers or nodes in that blockchain, any one of those little servers that run the network are independently owned and operated, and they don't need to talk to somebody else and have permission to run one. So for instance, with the Tusk blockchain, Uh, We have 21 active nodes at any given point. Now, that's more than three times about what we need to operate. So those computers that run Tusk are spread across the planet. We have one in, we literally have a block producer. We call them our miners are called block producers. Well, we have one in Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam. There's a server running supporting Tusk in Vietnam. They're all over the planet. Those computers, um, if one of those goes down, there's about a hundred at any given point that's willing to self-heal and fill that void. It's redundancy. It's multiple levels of redundancy Mm -hmm. into that network. So let's just say that a bad actor, whether it be a government or a company, wants to take down your financial system. You could take down half our block producers. They'll immediately, there'll be be backups that immediately fill that spot. Mm -hmm. It's self-healing. You can't take it down. Mm-hmm. And that's that censorship resistance. So like if PayPal, for instance, they just have one database that runs their whole network. Mm-hmm. If enough bad actors really want to take PayPal down, they could probably figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is all those bad, all those different servers are independently run and mm-hmm. no one knows who they are because mm-hmm. they're in, they're set up by individuals and they get a little piece of the action for running that server. And that's kind of how blockchains work. So mm-hmm. blockchains are just da- databases spread across independently owned and operated computers. And that's it. And then, and then the record of all the transactions are a permanent record that's unchangeable. And so that's, that's kind of what a blockchain is, just the database. That's a slow that, database spread
1: across computers. Is that like mining then? A like you hear a Bitcoin miner, somebody who has these computers? Is that what that is? It's similar. So different, there's
2: actually, this is another show. There's different types of blockchains. There's three different main types of blockchains that are out there. Um, and they, so our block producers perform a similar function, but they do it differently than Bitcoin does. And I'll just leave it at that. Otherwise we get in the weeds.
1: Can you accept more of those type of people? Or are you
2: set with what you have? So our blockchains delegated proof of stake. So part of our security is that the 21 main block producers are elected to that position. So the community votes on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the people that get voted on are people that do things for the network. And now that doesn't mean you have to know it's, it can still be anonymous, meaning you could have a handle, but you could say, I'm so-and-so I do this for the network, um, vote for me to be a block producer. And then people will use their test to vote for you to be in
1: that slot. And they and so, earn tests.
2: They earn tests by... to do it. Yes. Yeah. So okay. right now okay. a block producer makes seventy four million four hundred thousand a year if they're up 100% uptime it's mathematics, it's math, it's all software and math. Um, And so depending, so I think given the, the, whatever the price of Tusk is, that might be five to $7,000, but the hardware necessarily do that. It's almost free because we can run on any type of computer. You don't have to run a special miner like for Bitcoin.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That is great to know. Um, And last question to wrap this up from my side. And then if we've forgotten anything super important that, that you know that we need to know Please dive in after this question, but um, when you think about uh, you know, especially when you're our age, right? We we're grandparents. We've already you know put together our our will and our estate and all of this sort of stuff. Our trust. Um, when you talk about a wallet, you know, you've mentioned the word wallet a few times. From what I understand, that is something that is you know, there's like strings of passwords and if you lose any any of those pieces of that password, you're you're done for. Like you are never mm-hmm. getting back into that wallet. You were that 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 whatever that value is evaporates into the ethers. Um uh, has anybody so far and and are people are these kinds of uh portions of your financial portfolio, these crypto things are they something you can put in a will and and an estate and a trust and and
2: bequeath? Yep, they're property. So absolutely, they're legal property. So it's just digital property, absolutely. And are they Um, taxable? of course. That's the you know, that's the one thing about people saying, Oh, you just scam me taxes. Tax the IRS has been has very has had very firm guidance on the taxation of crypto since 2014. So with yeah, if you're a if you're a if you're a block producer, or a miner, you have to pay income tax based and they already tell you how to calculate it. So, and by the way, I write checks to the government every year because I do run a block producer node for the network, Um, but I am not hidden. I'm, people know who I am. I'm Rob McNeely and I'm co-founder of Tusk and we don't hide who our block producers. I'm docs, but lots of people aren't docs. Docs means I'm not anonymous, Um, but yeah. So key management is important and critical. Just like you don't want to lose the key. All right, so you hold gold, right? I'm assuming if you own gold, you probably have it in a safe right? Well, you don't
0: lose that combination, right?
2: Because you, you'd right, be locked out. We can
0: out. hire a safe, uh, you know, combination, uh locksmith mm-hmm. to get into the safe. And with these wallets, apparently there is no such and, creature. And, and then the
2: government can use the same technology to come confiscate that gold if
1: they wanted to, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, right. they can come drill a hole in your safe. Right. Yeah. Touché,
2: right.
0: Rob. Yeah. No. So, Touché.
2: so ultimately, it's like this. With uh, the extra protection afforded by crypto, there's extra responsibility and key management is critical. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you the extent that my wife and I go with our personal assets in crypto. We, we have very, very extensive backup plans. And we keep things in different locations and we both know where our keys are and we keep them in waterproof things inside of fireproof things. And those things are put in different locations. So if one of those goes down, then we still have a backup for that too. And so there are best practices that you can do. In fact, there's a company that makes, uh, so there's a company that makes an all metal thing that you, uh, key that you can literally put your key in all metal. And then they just give you a bunch of little pieces of metal with different characters in the alphabet, and you put your keys together, lock it together. And now that's gonna be fireproof, for instance. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of interesting tools out there to help with that. But yes, it, it's it's you get the extra privilege um, and extra you know security of crypto, but it does take some thinking about it. And there are best practices around that already, and that unforgiving nature is a it's a benefit and a liability if you're sloppy and you'll lose things all the time and you're not diligent about where you keep this. yeah, yeah I've, i I can tell you, um I know someone who worked on our project early that lost two hundred thousand dollars because they they messed up a key thing. and Ooh. so I, I know people that have. and so personally, I've known two people that have lost significant amount of money in crypto, not just on I, ours. but that's no different so,
1: than being careless and leaving your safe open and then somebody breaks in your house and gets all the stuff out of the safe. you have yes. to you have to be careful that's you true. have to be diligent and so, and so absolutely so uh, I'm sorry. so go on i'm sorry um, Rob, i, I just want to know how how can people find out more about what you do if who would they contact to get more information
2: well we have a we have all the socials at uh, and they're all listed at TUSC.network. that's TUSC.network, TUSC.network. Mm-hmm. um and we have a telegram group and a discord group and there's lots of helpful people in our community um, and so and i'm just Just type in Rob McNeely. I got my socials are easy to find, too. So if you guys have questions about things, we always try to help people out and, and, you know, make things as easy as possible. Our community is growing. And so we're super excited. Like uh, we've been to four different gun related events this summer. So it's been like a pretty busy travel season for us. uh, we got, uh, so the cool thing is the one thing I didn't say, and you might want to think about this too, is that we have a, unlike Bitcoin, we have a worker proposal fund that every time new tusks are created by our block producers, a little bit goes into this worker fund, so we have the sustainable continuously filling pool to pay for workers and developers and people that want to market the project. And what happens is if someone wants to work for Tusk, they can put in a worker proposal and then the community votes on that proposal to pay them and then it automatically goes into their wallet. So we have um, Hank Strange and John Crump are two gun podcaster activists. They both put in worker proposals and they for sponsorship of their podcasts. And so we talked to the Tusk community, voted for those worker proposals, and so we, as a community, support both, support both of their podcasts, and I know that we have three or four others that are coming on to do the same right after we get the wallet back on next week and, and really start moving forward. We'll have more podcasters and people that want to help, so those, that worker fund can help, you know, can pay for marketing, it can pay for people that want to do programming, and we're an open source community. Anybody who's into guns and is into programming, we need all sorts. To help. And you can get paid in our crypto for that. We do have a market value market caps between three and six million, depending on the day. Um, So we Mm -hmm. are traded on several exchanges um, and we're going to be getting on more. So uh, we're we're becoming more liquid. So it's like over time, it's like it's going to become more valuable, I think, as we start building this community out. Um, But that's what we're focused on is just kind of building this community around this project and so people like, you know, gun retailers feel safe, you know, accepting Tusk that it's going to be something that's going to be around for a while.
0: Sure. That is awesome. Fantastic. We are definitely going to have you back on so we can ask all of the other 50 questions that I have for you. And uh, in the meantime, people can be uh, researching you themselves uh, through tusk.network. Rob McNeely, thank you so much for all of your time and sharing all this information with us. Guys, thank you so much. I've appreciated being on today. Absolutely.
1: Rob, I'd like to thank you for being concerned about the future of our gun industry. Yes, thank absolutely. you for trying to figure out something to save our industry. Thank
0: absolutely. You. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: We definitely need help. We uh, do. And you could
0: tell help. he had something to say. And I'm like, I wish we had more time and let him say it. But we we will definitely have him back on and, and uh, come back with some more yeah. um intelligent questions because it's hard to ask intelligent questions about something that you know so little about i
1: i know less i know nothing about it Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to learn i i'm very curious about it and now that they're telling me that they can use it to for gun purchases without Mm -hmm. uh somebody arbitrarily say you can't do it yeah i'm more interested in it now and i'm going to get involved
0: the fact that he brought up the the idea of a financial no-fly list I mean, absolutely. That is, I think it's more than possible. I believe it's probable, yeah. and if we aren't looking ahead to how we can protect ourselves, um, we are being irresponsible yeah. and have our heads in the sand. So, anyway, this weekend coming up, I'm going to be at a an event called AmCon. By the time this airs, AmCon will have already happened because we're in the studio on Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. Uh, Chris Chang. Is going to be giving us a, a, demo, uh, a talk on NFTs, crypto, uh, digital firearms, whatever that means. And so I foresee having Chris on and talking about these things as well. And so, you know, one thing will help us better understand the other. One speaker will help us understand pieces of it um, to, to ask for the other. So, anyway, I'm excited about it. Uh, I have to move slowly because you never invest in something that you don't understand. Right. right? Uh, But I think we've, we've got some really smart people around us to help us with that. So we have got to wrap up and get out of here. Like right now, So
1: then we should be praying for a nation.
0: Absolutely praying for the people in positions of leadership and responsibility, even the ones you don't like, right. Especially the ones you don't like people who would come, come, at us with things like a no fly list, a financial no fly list, simply for having ideas that control,
1: simply for control, for control. Yeah.
0: Those people need our prayer. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I, there's so many more things to say, please stick with us, please, you know, start researching these topics so that when we come back, um, we're all kind of in a new, sp- new space with it. Um, And until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.